The Mariners have been one of the most, if not the most, active teams in baseball this winter. Today, Colby and I are going to power rank each of the 15 40-man roster moves they have made. That's right, even the waiver claims. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And on today's episode, Colby and I are going to be individually ranking each of the Mariners' 15 40-man roster moves they have made this winter. That is not including the waiver claim of Caleb Ort, because as we established last week, Caleb Ort, not a real person. It's because Ty's lazy. Not a real person. How hard would it have been to just put Caleb Ort at 16 and we move on? He's not. He doesn't exist. So why would I put someone who doesn't He's exist on the much, list? I've I've purchased his baseball card. He's very much real. I refuse to acknowledge that. Colby, who's your number fifteen? Caleb Ort. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Number fifteen is uh, the technically trade, more technically glorified more actually, waiver claim. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or Cody Bolton uh, is my. Uh, number 15, like I bet most of you didn't even know who that don't even know who that is. Don't remember that move because it was so minor that not even Ty and I would do an emergency pod about it. Right. Um, you tried just, I remember you trying to get me to do it. That's because I am, as we all know, the man of the people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Cody Bolton, not a lot to go on here. Uh, he's on the 40 man, but I would venture to say he's actually below some of the non 40 man. Bullpen mm-hmm. options the Mariners have brought in on minor league deals, uh, in the you know on the pecking order. I don't know if he's going to survive spring training. I don't know if he's going to get to spring training, uh, because right. it's always possible the Mariners acquire somebody in the next day or two, and he's the guy they choose to DFA. But mm-hmm. you know there is something you know fastball is okay, and he's got a pretty uh, pretty good ability to spin a breaking ball. Mm-hmm. And the Mariners have done quite a bit with pitchers with similar profiles. And like we say, anytime the Mariners acquire a pitcher, you should pay attention. Um, and Bolton is just another attempt uh, at, you know, fixing somebody um, that other organizations haven't had a lot of luck with. So there's some skill here, but again, I bet I would guess he's below somebody like Crable and Butchery and a few other, the, the minor league uh, arms that they brought in. Uh, for camp and and I'd be pretty surprised if he's not one of the first two or three guys uh, DFA if the Mariners were to make you know a couple moves uh, throughout spring training but we'll see you never know all it takes is uh, one bullpen and uh, you can really open up the eyes of uh, a lot of people so uh, because that's what spring training is it's just you see that curveball in video this guy's amazing even though opponents hit like 500 against the curveball right. so uh, we'll see how it goes for Cody Bolton, but yeah, it's just like the least consequential and just kind of like eh, move right. of the off season. 
Coming in at number 15 for me is the Jared Kelnick trade. You mean the Jackson Coar trade? Sure. Fair. I, I am a big Jackson Coar guy, as we've, as we've established. Right. Right. Apparently not. Uh, so, yeah, like I, like I said, I, I like Coar. Um, I really like Cole Phillips as well. Fun prospect. Uh, and I'm pretty firm in the belief that Jared Kelnick was getting traded this offseason no matter what, even if the Mariners had all the money in the world and they didn't necessarily need to dump the contracts of Marco Gonzalez and, and Evan White. And I'm not losing sleep over losing Marco or Evan in this trade. You know, I wish the best for both of those guys. I uh, really appreciate everything Marco did for this organization, of course. I uh, love Marco, wish him nothing but the best of luck in Pittsburgh. But what this trade ultimately represented, it's not great. <laughs> Optically, uh, it was arguably the lowest point of this entire offseason for the Mariners. Uh, and again, while they were going to trade Kelnick, no matter what, the reason behind the way that they actually traded him is very disappointing. Uh, it's number 14 for me. I call it the Jackson Coar trade because I'm just a bigger fan of him than you are, apparently. Right. Right. Um, and let's not pretend that Cole Phillips isn't anything. He is a very right. interesting arm. Um, so yeah, they were gonna trade Kelnick and and they weren't gonna really have a role for Marco. Like basically yep. Marco was gonna be Austin Both that we'll talk about here and I don't know, at some point. Yep. Um, and you know, both is cheaper and probably just as good. Uh, you know, Evan White, it just his timing to run out in this organization and you wish them luck and all that. But this was about, you know, is it better to trade? Let's say you can get like Coar and Phillips and, you know, like a, a top 30 ish prospect, right? Uh, for Jess Kelnick, like, is would you rather have the top extra top 30 prospect or would you rather have the, you know, 18 million dollars or whatever when you don't know, you know, if you're going to need that money or not? Uh, right. it's, you could see why they would just th thought this was a simpler route. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, it was, it was probably the maddest, uh, Mariners, uh, fans have, have gotten this off season and, uh, our, our numbers reflect that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, yeah, it's certainly like the lamest trade because just, you know, what it represents, but honestly, I don't think they did terribly, uh, in the deal. Uh, and no. since they've more or less replaced Kelnick, uh, with, you know, a player with a better track record than Jared Kelnick, even. Yep. I, I think this, the loss of this trade is pretty minimal. So, coming in at number 14 for me, and I know you and I disagree on this, but I felt like this needed to be here because there are consequential trades that are good for the Mariners that are going to be higher on this list. Then there's the inconsequential moves, which are like the back end of the 40 man moves that they made, like you know the the waiver claims and stuff like that and then there's the consequential trades that were not maybe not terrible for the mariners roster overall now that we have the full picture but still bad optically uh so suarez the suarez trade comes in at number 14 for me i'm biased all right that's why this trade is so low i'm a gino fan i'm sad that gino's gone i love gino gino was one of my favorite players over the last couple of years on the Mariners. That said, though, I, I'll acknowledge that like the Kelnick situation, I feel that the Mariners would have traded Gino no matter what this offseason because there are valid reasons for trading him. The bat speed is a legitimate issue. 
I think they truly felt that Gino had hit a cliff. You also just can't have your everyday third baseman slugging below 400. Just can't have it. No matter how good defensively he was. But again, that said, it's not really a, an overwhelming return. Solid backup catcher in Sebi Zavala. Carlos Vargas is an interesting arm, but he might be just another guy that throws hard but can't find the strike zone consistently. We'll see. And at least some of this trade was undeniably motivated by dumping his salary. Now, it is, you know, from just the front office's perspective, a major win for them to be able to dump his entire salary because of what we would assume is the flexibility that that created for them and allowed them to do some of the other stuff that they have gone on to do this offseason. But the fact that that had to be, at least to some degree, a driving force of this trade puts this deal further down the list for me as well in combination with the fact that, again, I'm just a Geno fan. I'm really sad that Geno's not here. I'm not crying. Uh, so yeah, anyways, what are we on, number 13? One more for this segment? Yeah, so this is kind of the all the moves that we can just kind of bunch together. I, I don't yeah. know if necessarily the rankings matter. So I'm going to go 13 Snyder, 12 Bolton, 11 Lavera, 10 Kanan Smith and Jigba, and 9 Austin Voth. What about you? Lavera, Snyder, uh, Smith and Jigba, and both. Okay. All right. So we got all that out of the way. Now we get into the fun stuff in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, that is ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get back into our Mariners move rankings, uh, just a quick reminder that we're going to be starting up a new giveaway next Monday. So keep an eye out for that. We just got thumbs up for that on all the legal stuff. So uh, we'll tell you more about it next Monday. So be sure to tune in for that. All right, let's get back into our rankings. So we've done the um, the first, what, six, seven moves? Yeah, 10 uh, through 15. Yeah, uh, nine through 15 that we did nine uh, whatever. i didn't do nine okay so you're number nine then because i did nine 
No. Okay. Uh, my number nine is the uh, acquisition of Sebi Zavala and Carlos Vargas. Okay. Um, because first of all, Sebi Zevi is awesome. Let's not forget. Right. Okay. Uh, sure. Second of all, Gino's toast. Like now here's the deal. Okay. Gino's probably going to go down to Arizona and he's probably going to hit, you know, 25 homers again, uh, just because that ballpark is much better to hit in than T-Mobile park is. But the bat speed is virtually non-existent. It's one of the slower bats in baseball all of a sudden. And basically his entire value last year was propped up on him being something he's never been before. Not even close, never been a gold glove caliber third baseman, never been close to that. And last year he was mm-hmm. at 32 years old. Is it more likely that the defense reverts back to what it usually is? Or is it more likely that uh, he finds bat speed at 32 years old and, and turns into, you know, the, the 450 slugging third baseman? I think we know the answer. I think there's a very real probability that uh, Gino strikes out 30% of the time, you know, probably hits 25 homers, but slugs right around 400, hits 210, and is a mediocre third baseman. That's not a good player. And that's a player that's worth less than the package you got. So, and you got the uh, the Diamondbacks to take on all of that salary, which again, unfortunately, matters. Mm. Uh, so you upgraded your backup catcher. You definitely have somebody more reliable than what you had last year. You have a plus defensive catcher, and you get a really interesting arm who ends up being. I don't want to say pretty important, but he ends up allowing you to make another move further up, uh, more easily make another move further up your our list. Uh, so sure. uh, I think that's important too. So, um, you know, I like Gino too. Uh, I don't pretend he was anything that he was, that he wasn't last year. Like he was a good defensive third baseman who had no business playing every day and hurt his team with his bat. That's who he is. He's a great dude. Wish him luck. I would love to be wrong. And he have a bounce back in Arizona. I don't think the Mariners are wrong here. I think they made the right move. Could they have gotten a little more if they had some of his salary? Maybe. But would it have been significantly more? I kind of doubt it. I, I think the league uh, is with the Mariners, and they look at at uh, Gino and they say, "He, if he's not cooked, he's pretty darn close. Like it, it's it's about over for him." Who's your number eight? Uh, trade for Samad Taylor. Okay, we're in agreement uh, on this, by the way. Yeah, I mean, like first of all, called it. Um, it was all me. I thought right. of that first. Nobody right. else had it. Um, Such a big brain. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was the day after you were still chasing your clout. So, I, you know, I had to right, put right, you in right. your place. Right, right, right. Uh, now, Samad Taylor is interesting. He is basically what Samad Taylor is, is that he is Sam Haggerty's replacement in the org after this year. Because after this year, Haggerty will be out of options. Uh, he'll also be making like a million, five, two million bucks. And Taylor is not going to make that. He's got all of his options left. They're very similar players. They both hit lefties pretty well. You probably don't want to face in a ton of righties. They both are okay defensively in the outfield. They could both play some second in a pinch. They could both steal some bags. Like mm. that's who they are. They're the same player. Uh, and the Mariners got him for like cash, like may a player to be la- named later. I mean, maybe this changes if in three months we find out they traded, you know, cheater Martinez for him or something like that. But uh, based on the information we have now, I, I think this is a really good move to kind of solidify a depth and give you more options and to put more roadblocks in front of the potential like need to call up somebody like Ryan bliss before he's ready. So right. um, I think this is just a really good depth move and, and it's the type of stuff that, you know, we've talked about with them wanting to do at the end of, you know, at the end of 
the off season yeah. is just like keep on adding depth to your roster instead of just being like, well, you know, we, we, we claim Cooper Hummel. Like that's good enough. Right. Like no, right. add players who could actually help you in multiple ways. And so the Taylor one is, uh, is pretty interesting for that reason. Yeah. I love the steal because it's going out and getting a little too much on the mm-hmm. back end of your 40 man roster, which is a good thing. Right. It's um again, it's further pushing those options down, which is also a good thing because injuries are naturally going to crop up over the course of a 162 game season. And now you are further and further and further removed when you make moves like this from getting to a point where you have to pull another Jose Caballero or Mike Ford out of thin air. Mm-hmm. So love the steal and I love the upside of Samad Taylor. I'm not sure if he can hit. I mean, he's hit at every level of the minors, and he only has, what, 69 nice career plate appearances at the major league level. So there isn't really a, any sample size to make any sort of conclusion off of there on that front. But at the very least, I think he's going to be a quality defender who can play multiple spots and someone that you can put on the base pass late in games. Like, there is definitely a a role, a major league role for Samad Taylor in his future. So, yeah, really like that deal. Uh, number seven for you. Who's that? Uh, Blake Hunt. We're also in agreement on that. Yeah, uh, really fun deal. Uh, you go out, you give up Tatum Levins, who is, you know, maybe a 40 catcher on the scouting scale. Mm-hmm. Has some interesting hit uh, abilities. He's a lefty. And you just, you get a guy who Tampa obviously was trying to clear 40-man space. They knew that this guy was going to get drafted in the Rule 5. Um, and they didn't want to add him because Tampa does have an actual 40-man crunch. And so... Seattle, instead of, you know, kind of waiting around and be like, well, we'll see if we can get him in the rule five. Like, no, we're just going to go get him now. We like this guy. Uh, there are a ton of Tom Murphy vibes uh, when you talk to people about Blake Hunt. Yeah, um, he is a right handed hitter. He's an above average at the very least. I haven't heard anybody say that he is worse than average defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of above average defensively with above average raw power uh, seems to handle the slider really well. Mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of you know what's the hit tool is it a 30 is it a 35 is it a 40 um and he just feels like he's going to be a very solid backup catcher and for the first time since that 2019 squad the mariners have three catchers that you feel pretty good about in terms of like their major league quality sure. catchers i mean obviously you don't need austin nolan tom murphy and omar narvaez when you have one cal raleigh right like he's going to handle a bulk of it, but this is a position that's really important in the last couple of years. We've seen them have to call up, you know, Brian O'Keefe and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Godoy and, and, um, who's Joe o- or Joe Odom. Who's that one guy, veteran guy, Andrew Knapp. Yeah. Andrew Knapp. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. it's good to have somebody like this in your system. Again, it didn't cost you a ton. Uh, you get him for six years and, and there's a good chance he develops into, just like right. a really good backup catcher who in a pinch could be your everyday guy. If Cal hits CIL, you know, God forbid for a couple of weeks or a month, like you're, you have some offensive upside out of your catcher spot and pretty good defensive floor. Yeah. I love the upside of the steal. And there might come a point where Blake Hunt is pretty important. Taking advantage of the mayor of the, uh, sorry, the, the Rays uh, 40 man roster crunch is something that I wanted the Mariners to do because I mean, the Rays always have a 40 man roster crunch every offseason, it seems. 
they haven't really done that in previous years. So for them to do that and compound that with also taking advantage of the Royals essentially having a 40-man roster crunch, even though they really don't. But the Samad Taylor deal was essentially that as well to make room for Adam Frazier. Love that they made both of those deals. Love that they saw an opportunity there to get a really interesting player and took it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love what that what that represents. So number six, I think we're also in agreement on this. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I have trade trade for a Luis Urias. We are then. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I know a lot of people thought that they overpaid for him, but it's like, again, this is a guy who's a year removed from being an everyday player. You get him for yep. two years um, and you have the whole at third base. I mean, at the time they didn't remember at the time this happened before the Gino trade. So mm-hmm. people thought this was going to be a second base platoon with Rojas. And no, it's, it, he's the starting third baseman for now at least mm-hmm. on paper. Uh, but yeah, this is taking a shot on a guy who's been a good productive hitter in the past. And it cost you an asset of which you replaced and then some, and you seemingly grow on trees. You don't right. grow position players on trees. Uh, at least the mirrors don't yet. Uh, so uh, I like the deal when they made it. Uh, I like it more now. Uh, now yep. that you see the whole picture. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just, to me, there's very little to complain about. Like, yeah, I liked Isaiah Campbell. I was, I was on the hype train when they drafted him. I wanted them to take Isaiah Campbell in the second round uh, in 2019. So I liked the pitcher and he was, he was good. He was valuable for you, but you yeah. got an, a potential everyday third baseman yeah. for a middle reliever that you were going to replace in house or with a minor league free agent signing anyways. Yeah. So there's just very little downside to this trade. And, and, you know, unless you think Isaiah Campbell is like a high leverage arm for the next four or five years, there's really nothing to complain about with this deal. And and like I said, I feel pretty comfortable that Urias is going to come back and hit like be like a one one Oh five to one fifteen WRC plus guy and play pretty solid defense at third base. I love this deal. The more that I thought about it, I love this deal even more. Um, always give it time. Colby's always get, right. Well, you also got to give it time, especially to, for the full picture to, to ultimately develop. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and now with the full picture in front of us, it's like, this is really, really interesting. It's a very, very interesting shot to take because we're talking about a former top prospect who already has two uh, two win seasons under his belt. So essentially was an everyday player by that standard. Uh, and last year, yeah, it was terrible, but it was also completely derailed by multiple injuries throughout the entire course of the year. He also gets traded midseason. There are so many reasons to come to the conclusion that that is an outlier year for Luis Urias, especially on the injury awesome. front. It, it would be more of a concern if Luis Urias was 32 years old yeah, right, and had all those injuries. We're talking about a 26-year-old here. Yep. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say also he's 26 years old. Right, yeah. So like, it's not like his skill set should be declining. Yeah, so um, I think the upside here is very high. Mm-hmm. I think Luis Urias could have a three-win season, and I wouldn't be surprised by it. I think yeah. I think the safer bet is like one and a half, two wins. I just find it really hard to imagine that he's not going to be worth the five million dollar salary. Yeah, that they gave him. So agreed. Uh, yeah, there's basically no downside to this trade, so it's hard to rank it much lower than this. All right, we are going to be ranking our top five Mariners moves of the winter in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. 
With football officially in the books and some time before baseball gets underway, why don't you try your hand at betting on some hoops? Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-D-O-N. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen as we rank all of the Mariners' 40-man roster moves this winter. We are now in our top five. Colby, which move is number five on your list? The Robbie Ray for Mitch Hanniger trade. Another one that we're in agreement on. The Robbie Ray deal is, is really the super fascinating one. It's probably the one that is like the most interesting because mm-hmm. they give up Robbie Ray. They get Mitch Haniger, They get Desclafani. Desclafani doesn't stick around long, um, but you are able to use him in another trade, which is nice that he had value to you, mm-hmm. even though he never pitched for you. So uh, that does, you know, kind of go into the equation here, but essentially the reason this is a really good trade is um, obviously we love Mitch Haniger. Um, he, he might be a Mariner Hall of Famer. Like it's probably not, but he might be. Um, but obviously, he's very well loved in that clubhouse. Uh, he's well loved by the fan base and all that stuff, and that's all great. That's you know fine and dandy. But they traded Robbie Ray. They added two contracts. Didn't add a dime of, of payroll to their 2024 number, yeah. and actually shed about eight ish million dollars from next year's payroll. And then in 2026, they shed. 25 million dollars yeah yeah so this deal while it is mostly about freeing up future payroll uh it is also about you know hey let's get hanniger in here let's get some you know excitement uh in the clubhouse let's get a guy that we're familiar with and a guy who if healthy is going to produce i don't have really any concerns that hanniger when he plays is going to be a productive player my concerns are how often can he play right and when you trade robbie ray a guy who's not going to play for you like 0% chance he plays for you until at least the all-star break and probably just as good of odds that he doesn't play for you at all this year. When that's what you give up to get these two guys, it's a really smart and creative deal uh, by Jerry and Justin. And and it's a great way to clear future payroll space and kind of reallocate that, that money to, um, you know, you know, I, I know they've said like reallocate it to offense. Like we, we want to balance how much we're spending on pitching and blah, blah, blah. It's like, Okay, but you could also reallocate that money to George Kirby in an extension, or or Robbie or uh, right. Logan Gilbert in an extension. Like, so yeah, I just think that was a creative deal. I think it's really savvy. Uh, I don't know why uh, the Giants made it, to be perfectly honest, but uh, whatever, because they didn't save any payroll, so they must really think Robbie Ray is going to bounce back next year. Yeah, maybe maybe he does, and and if he does, I'm happy for him. But it's not going to hurt the Mariners whatsoever. Robbie Ray bounces back uh, because he wasn't really going to help you this year. Like it's not even fair to predict that he would have helped you this year. So this right. is just a savvy deal. In addition to everything you said, from a pure vibes perspective, I felt like this trade was necessary. You brought this up to Aaron Goldsmith, especially with the, the loss of leaders and clubhouse guys this offseason, just over the last calendar year. Bringing back Mitch, I, I think, was very important just from that perspective alone. And I think Mitch can contribute. The only question here is, can he stay healthy? And that's a big, 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 massive question. But on top of that, I was concerned about how 
the presence of Robbie Ray's contract in 2025 and 2026 was going to impact things. So to eliminate some of that concern specifically in 2026 is a massive win for them because you just, you don't know how he's going to bounce back from Tommy John's surgery. And if you're paying $25 million in 2026 for a guy that's pitching at a number four, number five level, that's bad. Yeah, that's really, really bad. So to be able to just eliminate that from the equation, massive win. Now, you know, you're on the hook for 17 to Mitch this year and what 17, I think next year as well. That's kind of its own problem, but that's less of a problem than what I just mentioned with Ray and one that's not going to last as long as the problem that you had or potential problem, at least that you had with Ray. Mm -hmm. All right. So number four, number four for me is, simple signing Mitch Garver, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just money and you get one of the best raw hitters on the market for $12 million. We see Solaire just got 14. Uh, we saw Turner get like 13. Like I would bet on Garver's bat before I would bet on those two guys bat, but, uh, it's, it's just a good signing. Like there's, there's really nothing to complain about here. He's, you know, DH, it was Christmas Eve when we, when we learned about this and it's just, it's, it's just money. Like there's no concern here. Um, they were able to save a little, we think, uh, by adding in a third year option and that, that kind of, you know, freed up some, a little bit more, uh, you know, salary relief for, for 2024's payroll. So, um, there's just not really a ton to complain about, especially since they went out and they, they added another kind of middle of the order bat, maybe two, depending on how you feel about those guys. Uh, so you can make an argument that Garver is the second best position player they brought in, which I think is pretty good considering, you know, all the landmines that uh, Justin and Jerry had to walk, walk around uh, this off season. So I just like, how do you complain about signing Mitch Garver? I, I, I can't come up with anything. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is actually the Polanco deal. Uh, Cause mm. I really like, I really love the Garver signing. I love the Polanco deal as well. All, the next four are pretty interchangeable for me. I love the Polanco deal. Um, you know, obviously like losing Topa sucks and you know, I, I really like Darren Bowen, but I'm not losing sleep over that at all either. Uh, you got arguably the best second baseman that was feasibly available this off season, a very, very, very weak market at that position. And you were able to get essentially the top guy there. That's a massive, massive win for the Mariners. Um, yeah, it's like it's a lot in terms of just quantity, but I don't really care about the return from the Mariners point of view. I'm totally fine with that. And you potentially get Polanco for not just this year, but also next year. Um, mm-hmm. If he hits well enough this year, I, I think they're they're probably going to pick up that option. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see money and John Stanton so, and blah, 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 blah. All the caveats that we need to add. Right, but, but it's only 12 million bucks. Yeah. Like, you, you are getting you, a guy, though, that... Well, and also... Right. If you don't necessarily get the the power output that you want out of third base from Luis Urias and Josh Rojas, which I, I think there is a chance that you actually will. But if you don't, Polanco is more than capable of making up for that at a position that doesn't really produce a lot of power output. So I also really like that aspect of it as well. It also just makes your infield more dynamic in terms of how you can move around these pieces. I just I love that deal because again, we you know, we talked about this when they made this trade, like a week before they made this trade, we were talking about, you know, with Merrifield and Tim Anderson. And instead they go out and get an all-star caliber second baseman. Uh, it was yep. awesome. Yeah. It's number three uh, for me for all the reasons you said. Um, also just because like 
again, this is a this is a statement trade to the clubhouse. Yeah. We believe in you because we were all prepared to just sign with Merrifield and be like, okay, pretty good offseason considering. Mm. And nope, they went out, they got an all-star uh caliber player. And this is this is what winners do. This is what teams that want to win the World Series, yeah. they make trades like this. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's I, I'm not losing sleep over anything they lost. I thought Gonzalez was the most overrated prospect in baseball. Still a good prospect, but overrated. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't care that they had to spend a little bit of money uh, to get the deal through because like we complained all off season that the Mariners weren't willing to spend money and they do it to get push this Polanco trade through and, and people lost their mind. They, they turned this trade from like a, you know, a, B plus a minus into like a C plus because they gave up 6 million bucks or 8 million bucks or whatever it was. Right. And like, have you lost your mind? Right. So yeah, it's number three for me. Yeah. Uh, so number three is signing Garver um, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you mentioned. And I'm hopeful. Obviously there's a lot of injury concerns here that come with Garver as well. Like, like with Hanniger. Um, But I'm hopeful that if they don't play him in the field, you can actually get, 120-ish games out of Mitch Garver this year. And if you do, Garver has proven to be, on a consistent basis, one of the best hitters in all of baseball, one of the best power hitters in all of baseball. Mariners DHs posted a 92 WRC plus in 2023. That was eighth worst in the league. Garver's career WRC plus is 123. If he hits just that, which he's gone well beyond that mark, several times if he just does that that's a 31 percent increase again you have no reason to play him in the field right now so he can just be the pure full-time dh and at that point mm-hmm. i think he's going to be able to stay healthy unless something freakish happens to him yeah. uh knock on wood and uh if you do get relatively a full season out of mitch garber he might be an all-star <laughs> i mean all of a sudden dh uh in the american league you could you could be an all star there because yeah. someone, certain somebody's not here yeah. anymore, and and yeah. Jordan's an outfielder now, so like you know maybe yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I I like the Garver signing. Obviously, I don't think anybody actually hates it. Nope. Um, number two for me is the Gregory Santos trade. Okay. Um, yeah, you get five years of a guy, and the best player you give up is a guy that you hope is Santos sometime in the next three right. or five years. Right. Like you get, so you get Santos now for a guy who you were hoping might be Santos mm-hmm. in a year or two. And you only have to sacrifice one year of club control to do it. And like a fifth outfielder in Deloach and, and the 69th pick in what is like a, a B minus draft at best. Like I think a lot of, I've seen a lot, I've seen some people say this is like the worst draft class in like the last five years. Like it's right. not good. Yeah. So they give up really, they give up one extra year of potential Gregory Santos for Gregory Santos. Hmm. So we'll see how the elbow is. Uh, again, all we've heard is that they fully expect him to get into half a dozen or so spring training games and he should be ready for mm-hmm. close to a full workload uh, on opening day. So there's not a ton of concern there for me. Uh, I like this deal. And again, very little to complain about. Uh, number two for me is the Luke Rayleigh trade. Uh, you got Luke Rayleigh, who during the first half of of last year was one of the best hitters in the entire American League. Uh, just absolutely popped off. I think he was posting like a 170 WRC plus or something insane like that over the first half. Second half did fall off, uh, but 
if you're looking for the Jerry Kelnick replacement, I think this is your guy. And all it cost you was a guy that was possibly not making your roster and Jose Caballero, who really fun last year and was very, very important for you last year, too. But kind of fell off towards the second half of the season, similar to Rayleigh, but fell off to the point where it was pretty clear that Scott Service wasn't comfortable even playing him unless he absolutely had to. And again, I don't think it was a slam dunk that he was making this roster, even with how things stood at the time that the trade was made, which think about the way the roster looked back then. Yeah. So love that deal. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if, you know, the first half of Rayleigh or like even 70% of that will get that out of Rayleigh and Seattle. Maybe the second half version of Rayleigh is who he is and he's a below average hitter. But taking this shot for what it costs, massive, massive, massive W for the Mariners. Massive. Yeah. Uh, Rayleigh's number one for me. Um, just because, again, like it cost you a guy who was, I think, somewhat surprisingly to some fans, a DFA candidate. Hmm. Because Jose Caballero is basically Samad Taylor. Like basically the same, steal some bags, not a lot of pop, play a couple positions. Cabby probably better defensively, but he's just a dude. He was behind Dylan Moore. He's behind Rojas. He's now behind Polanco. He's probably going to be behind Taylor. Like he's just didn't have a path to making this team. Uh, and you were able to trade him for a guy who finished the year last year, you know, first half, second half, however you want to split it. He finished the year at a 130 WRC plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, an average defender in, in the corner. He's got left-handed pull power, which is what you want. And, Again, like he's just started his big league career. He's 29 years old, but he's barely graduated from rookie status. So yep. you get that guy for, I think Rayleigh has five years of club control left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you trade a guy who's, you know, six years of a guy you're not going to use who had been pushed down the depth chart further and further, you know, at the end of last season, even he got pushed further down and then they continue to add to that. Mm-hmm. Then you get that guy and you trade him for a guy who might be an everyday player for you. There's no downside to this. Even if Caballero is a two-win player regularly, it's well worth the risk, and it's a really smart move by Justin to and Jerry to kind of like recognize it. And yeah. of course, we talked about Tampa all winter long. We talked about Rosarina, and we talked about Ramirez, and we talked about Yandy. And of course, they found the one guy that we didn't spend a lot of time talking about. We talked about him a little, but yeah, a little. But we were thinking like this is going to cost you like it's five years of this guy. Like, right? They might ask for Brian Wu. Right. And you got him for Jose Caballero. Like no kicker. That's it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, it's it's there's nothing to there's literally nothing to complain about with that yeah. trade. So number one for me is the Gre- Gregory Santos trade, which is my favorite trade by this front office since the Luis Castillo deal a couple of years back, which slim picking. So it's not really as bold of a statement as I'm probably making it sound like, but still, this is I mean, you you said it, right? The best player you traded in this deal is someone that you hope is Gregory Santos one day. On top of that, you give up a fourth, fifth outfielder type into Loach and then a glorified third round pick and you lose some uh, you know, bonus pool money on that front because of the loss of the pick. But like you mentioned, this is considered to be one of, one of the worst drafts in a while. So don't care about that, frankly. We had talked so much about the Mariners getting that third guy, that third high leverage guy 
in this bullpen to go along with Brash and Munoz. And we got to a point there where it was like, okay, I don't think they're going to do it. Right. We talked so much about guys like Robert Stevenson and then Stevenson signed and some of the other guys signed. It was like, okay, well, it looks like they're just going to trust their, their pitching development, which has been great. And they've been able to, you know, churn out relievers, more so mid-leverage relievers than high-leverage relievers. But nevertheless, they've been able to turn out a ton of quality relievers throughout their, uh, just within their organization. And, you know, we were talking about Baroa possibly being that guy, Vargas possibly being that guy, Kowar possibly being that guy. But instead, they said, you know what? Screw it. Let's do one more thing. And mm-hmm. let's go big. It's a move that winners make. If you went into the opening day with your bullpen just being the way that it was before the Santos trade, okay, fine. And I think if, if the Mariners have, have earned the benefit of the doubt with anything, it's at the very least, it's with the bullpen, right? If you're even the biggest Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander detractors, you have to admit that they've been pretty good with the bullpen and been very good at being able to figure it out, even if it doesn't work out initially, that they're going to figure it out at some point. And that they're going to be able to put the pieces all together. So, had they not made this addition, I would have been like, okay, fine. But the fact that they did, sick. <laughs> like, this put my hype levels for the season through the roof, which I know is insane to say just about a reliever when they've added an everyday second baseman, they've added a full time DH, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Gregory Santos is one of the most exciting young relievers in all of baseball. He has disgusting stuff. And that took a really good bullpen to possibly be in the very best. So that's going to do it for us. We've been well over time. Probably going to trim some of this down a little bit so we don't get an email from the corporate overlords, as we love to call them. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Marys podcast. Colby Pat. Man. Right. <laughs> Shell. For Colby Pat, dude. I'm Tiding Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tiding Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.